That's gonna give him the biggest fight. Then guess what? Fox Fox fight. 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 Hey guys, Boxing with B. A Rod Without the Paycheck is out today, but we're still gonna talk some boxing. So hopefully, you guys tuned in on Wednesday, PBC fights. We saw two undefeated fighters step into the ring. Victor Pasillas and Ranfis Encarnacion. Today, we're actually going to talk to the victorious Victor Pasillas. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Time to talk some boxing. Yeah. Sorry if it sounds a little bit weird. We're trying to work with the best we got on video chat. So trying it out. So starting off, so you're 16 and 0. Can, can you hear me well? Yes, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, so you're 16 and 0. You turned pro in 2011, and then we saw a break after 2015. Came back 2018. So, why why the break? So what happened was, you know, 2011 and 2015. You know, uh, I was with Top Rank and um, Cameron Duncan, which is my former manager, and you know, it was a it was it was a good experience. You know, I got to fight on some big cards, and I you know, my first fight was on Manny Pacquiao Marquez. My second card was on a Mike Field and Brad. Uh, a, Mike Alvarado and um, Brandon Fields, there, and the list just goes on. But after uh, 2015, I I I, uh, I, I co-main event with uh, 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 one of their cards, and uh, I fought against uh, I don't know. We got a we got a, like a third, fourth round knockout. So shortly after that, like one or two days, I had I had a three fight like so, uh, three weeks later, which was like a turnaround fight. But the fighter that they offered me, Alfonso Hernandez, I think, Alfonso, and uh, I was, like, you know, young, and I was like, wait, wait, I'm not ready for this round to turn around, especially with a fighter like that. So, you know, it was kind of one of those things, and, you know, it kind of made, it kind of made a, a little uh, dilemma with me and top rank at the moment, and they kind of got a little bit you know, upset with me. Mm. So they kind of, uh, they kind of shelved me for a little while, and after about four months, five months, you know, uh, got news from Cameron Duncan that they were going to let me go teaches us not a game and me and Cameron Duncan at the moment we weren't getting along as well you know we weren't talking um he had too many fighters he had like seven something fighters and, you know uh, me and a part like that me and Jesus I mean Angel Magdaleno two two fighters that they let go um they they had just lost so I guess they were like seeing a liquidation type of deal contract breaker with me it was more like I was young and I was uh not let I was you know you're young you just kind of don't listen you just don't want to want to do things your way yeah so i was you know being stubborn and uh i, I just I, I agreed with the part you know i could have i could have asked him a key and i could have said you know what let's uh let's let's stay together and stuff like that but you know, I, young i was just like okay whatever i'll part with you, with you guys and i can focus on myself so 2015 about uh 2016 came in and uh, i started i started you know kind of just getting big and became a you know started started training fighters and started working and I started making about six figures a year, and I kind of got comfortable with that. I was like, you know, I'm making almost $40 million just working a year, working 40 hours a week, though. And, uh, you know, in 2017, you know, the whole year passed by, 2017, mid-2017, I, I ran into Greg Hanley, which is my form, my manager right now. And he's like, hey, man, you know, you're, you know I, I jumped in a ring with somebody. I think it was Lomachenko. I jumped in a ring with Lomachenko, and 
know, I, I was out of shape. Let me tell you, yeah, I was out of shape. I, I was coming from a, a bruised rib, I mean, a broken rib because I was working out and I messed up my knee out of place. So uh, Top Rank called me and like, hey, you know, how, how you doing? You know, you still want to box? And I'm like, no, I'm not really. I'm okay with, you know, not boxing. They're like, you want to spar Lomachenko? But you know me, I like fire. So I'm like, oh, I'll spar Lomachenko, but I don't <laughs> want to fight. You know? But we got in a ring and after, you know, uh, 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 about a week and a half of sparring, you know, we, got, we went home early because it was just kind of pointless sparring only two rounds, two rounds. They expect me to be like more of a boxing type. As you see my fight, last fight, my coach kind of turned me into a come forward and beat you down, break you down, yeah. still not get hit. Yeah. So we gave, we gave Lomachenko a lot of problems. So they were only giving us two rounds at a time and alternating us with other coaches and with other fighters, which was like one was Tremaine Williams and I forgot who the other kid was. And uh, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a sparring type of person. Like, I, I'm not really a sparring partner. That's just everything my thing. So, you know, we went in there and gave him the business. And after that, my manager was like, I'm not going to, like, my manager, before he beat my manager, was like my big brother, you know, Craig Hanley, you know, looked after me in 2011 all the way up. And he kind of was just like, I'm not going to let you sleep on your talent, man. You know, you got to fight. So, he, you know, he, he convinced me to come back into the sport. And I convinced him to come back as my manager. And it was just, just an advisor. But I, I convinced him, so I was like, you know what, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be my manager and I'm going to be a fighter. And he's like, well, let's just see what happens. So, you know, uh, 2018, he called me and said, hey, I got you a fight in San Antonio, Texas. And I was like, the Riverwalk? And he's like, yeah, the old, uh, the Alamo. So, I was, of course, I got excited. I was like, you know what? That's where I won my first my first national belt men's championship. I was fighting against men. And I, it just reminded me. Of, and I have kids. So I'm like, yeah. I'll be a good trip for the kids. You know, kind of win-win everything. So, we went out there. We got like a second-round knockout. And then he fought us again in 2018. And then we got another second-round knockout. And then I was supposed to fight like on Showtime or something. But my little brother passed away. You know, and then after my little brother passed away, we started getting ready for another fight. And then my big brother passed away. So then, you know, it was, it was two big losses. You know, off, uh, 2018 was a rough year. 2019 came and uh, we fought you know, twice more. One in Mexico, one in San Mateo. Got knocked out, got early knockouts again. And we were supposed to fight, you know, early this year, which was like, I think, February. Or no, March. And like March 21st, which March 16th, uh, I mean, March is when the coronavirus hit. Yeah. So like, you know, when the Corona, the pandemic hit, everything shut down. So my fight got canceled, and I, but I stood in the gym though. I was killing it. You know, I, I was like, you know what, this is me time. So I was lifting, you know, my CrossFit. And then I think about eleven weeks ago, they called me and they're like, uh, uh, FS1. My manager called me and said, FS1 wants you to fight against this guy from Dominican Republic. I didn't even think about it. I just said, send me the contract. I signed it, and you know, the rest is history. Went in there kicking ass. So you didn't do your research on it. You didn't say. What's his record? What's his stats? When, when's the last time he was in? You just said, sign it. Let's go. Well, when I seen his record, they said he's 17-0 with 13 knockouts. I said, I was like, well, wait. He said, 126. And I'm like, 126 is a little bit big. Not big, but, you know, just kind of, you know, I wanted to take my time with 122, clean out house. Yeah. But then my manager's like, you know, uh, this guy right here, you know, he's a knockout artist, and, you know, but he ain't, he ain't fought nobody like you. And I was like, I'm not worried about the knockouts. I'm just worried about me moving up in weight. Yeah. And, you know, I think I thought about it for, I say, like, literally like four minutes, like four, maybe less than that, because I talked to my son. I said, what do you think daddy should fight him? And I showed my son his record. My dad, my son was all, you can knock him out, daddy. So then I took the fight. We signed the contract. We sent it back. We were waiting for him to sign the contract for about three, four weeks. And then once they, he signed the contract, we knew it was completely gone. But you know me, I'm a veteran in the sport. Three hundred fights as an amateur, six losses. And that was when I was young as a little kid. Yeah. So I don't guess. I don't take time off. I'm always in the gym working out, whether it's lifting weights, running, swimming. I'm always, always going to be active. 
and you know, uh, you know, I seen it. You know, when uh, about four or five weeks came before the fight, I seen it in my weight. You know, I seen it in my eyes. I seen it everything like that. I was, I was ready. You know, I was ready for a world title. So this yeah. fight was like, you know, I don't want to see past him. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to count my chicks before the hatch. But about four to five weeks, I told everybody, I'm like, he's done. I'm already ready now, and he's done. So, um, you know, um, what happened was, is uh, he came out. I think they, so they told us, oh, okay, there's not going to be no fans. Your wife can't come. Your kids can't come. And you're going to get corona tested every, like twice or three times a week. The pandemic so I, I, life. I, I never, you know, and I'm one of those guys, I, you know, back in the days, everybody else was saying, oh, no, no, no. I always had to have it my way. Mm. This was the first time I was like, that's okay. I like, you know, I don't care. Whatever bricks need to go my way, I'm just dodge them, dodge them. I agreed to everything. So FS1 got to meet me. BBC got to meet me uh, last uh, last Monday or last Sunday, and he fell in love with each other. You know, they treated me well. It was a great outcome. You know, I was at I was at weight three days prior to that. I was uh, on time every every meeting, uh, the Zoom meeting that I was having interviews for everybody. I had everybody laughing. I was just you know, spitting my game to them as part of you know as part of, you know nobody gets so many boxes that can talk. Boxing knowledge, but most boxers are just like, oh, I'm gonna knock him out. Very simple, you know. And when they got a little taste of Victor Casillas, they're like, oh shit, this is what we're missing. This is what boxing needs. So you know, that's why when you ask me, we do an interview. I was like, let's do it, man. And any reporter, anybody that ever wanted to do an interview out of me, trust me, I don't. I give them the time. I give them the time of day because this is what boxing's about. You know, they need to hear a boxer's life. They need to hear a boxer's point of view. They need to know what was going on at all times with our lives. And the boxers that don't want to do that. You know, they, they, they belong working in an office, you know, in front of a computer or something. Not, they, don't, they don't belong in a room, you know? It's one or the other in your eyes, right? Yeah, one or the other. You got to love this. You know, this is not a job. It's a lifestyle. I love, you know, I love what I do. Everything I do, I do it for a reason. So, you know, I mean, this is just who I am. This, this creates me. This is what I'm, I'm going to preach in the sport. Talking about your amateur career, I know that people might see your record and be like, oh, it's not, it's not too much. It's not too many fights. He might be new. He might be new. But... If they don't know the backstory, then they're overlooking it. Yes, yes. You know, you know but um, I feel like you know a lot of a lot of you know I I feel like a lot of fighters you know they lack that experience that pedigree you know uh, of, of 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 big amateur backgrounds. And let me tell you this: my dad did not let me rest. You know, and it was it was more it was it was a bit thing. Sometimes my dad was like, "Hey, we're coming back from the world championships. You just won." If you want to fight the Golden Gloves, and it'll be like four weeks, three weeks later, and I'm like, hell yeah, we're gonna fight the Golden Gloves. We ain't gonna sleep on that. I want that. I want that belt. So yeah. Fight the Golden Gloves. We go to Chattanooga, Tennessee, kick everybody's ass, come back, and then there's a showdown will be going on, and the Desert Showdown was an international, invitational, so yeah. we would have Canada, South America, you know, guys from Germany coming, and I wasn't gonna sleep on that either. So I would fight two weeks later after that. So every summer I was fighting about twenty something times, you know. So and we were winning. We were cleaning house. We were, we were winning everything. All the time, I had 25 national titles, five world titles, invitational. You know, and I we ruled everybody. We didn't just go in there and beat them. We, we stopped and knocked out a lot of people. Just hearing that you you developed a work ethic super young. You just kept it going. You knew what it was like to keep going, keep keep striving for what's next. Do you think that if you wouldn't have taken that time off for whatever the reasons you know were, you could have been up there with the top guys? Because I know that in your Amateur resume, you've seen some of these guys that are in the top positions. Do you think you would have been up there right now? If I would, so let me tell you this: if I wouldn't have taken a break, those top guys would have never got to their top spot. They would have been my spot, straight up. That's you know, and, and I'm not talking shit. You know, it, 
know, I, I talked to most of them just after my fight. And they were like, damn, bro, you're getting big. I'm like, 130, 135, here I come. 135. So, so like, I'll tell you this much. So there's levels to this. And I, and I promise you, there's levels to this when it comes down to those top guys. They're just not at my level. Lomachenko, I can't wait till I can get in the room with him one day. It's going to be fun. And I'm going to show you. I'm going to show the world. Everybody's going to see me. And they're going to be like, damn, man, why did, why, how did the world not give him the opportunity? You heard Joe Gustin say, where's Victor Pim our whole life? It's the truth, you know? I, after the top rank, uh, after the top rank got me, I feel like I got blackballed like crazy, you know? And me and Oscar De La Hoya never had, we never seen eye to eye, you know, with two lions from East Los Angeles. I'm just from the east side of the river, he's from Royal Heights side, you know? So, you know, we, we kind of, we kind of, you know, he didn't give me a shot, which I thought, you know, I would probably go to Golden Boy. You know, Eddie Hearn doesn't know me. He's, he's, he's part of the world. So it was very hard to get. It was very, let me tell you this, man. Greg was pumping my name like a drug dealer in the 80s. He was like, Victor Pacias, Victor Pacias. Nobody wanted to give me a shot. Nobody wanted to give me a chance. You know, it was it was very difficult, you know, to see to sit back with my family, my kids, and watch these fights. You know, I was sitting there, and I'm like, this guy has two left feet. This guy's jabbed so slow. This guy has no charisma. This guy has no style. But they were winning world titles and getting top, top dollars. You know, and let me tell you this. I took this fight. Eyes closed, very low money. We didn't get paid much money in this fight, you know, which I should have got paid a lot more money. But it's not, not at, this, at this point right now. I'll get the money later. I just want, I just want, I want the opportunity to keep showcasing my talent, to keep showing the boxing world what they're missing out on. You know, you got Canelo up there, you got, you got, you know, a bunch of exciting fighters. You got, you just, you know, the world doesn't have to see us. You know, that's what it's missing. The boxing world is missing me. Well, this weekend we saw some 122-pound fights, but then right now you mentioned Lomachenko. Lomachenko is going to be fighting against Theofimo. I know that's kind of far out, but would you want the winner? If if that presented it to itself right away and they were oh, like... Oh, of course. I mean, of course. You know, that, that's that's big money right there. You know, so right off the top. You know, uh, like I said, like you said, that's far out. 135, jump up to 135. I'm 135 right now after ribs all night. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I... I, I I would love to fight. I would love the opportunity to fight uh, Lomachenko in the future, you know. But you know, we have, you know, Brandon Figueroa has my WBA. Yes. You know, Angelo Leo has my WBO. Stephen Fortune has my IBO. Uh, and Nuri, now Nuri's the new WBC champion. No, nothing against him, but you know, the guy's not on my level. And I'll put that kid to sleep. You know what I'm saying? So they, there's a lot of there's a lot of unfinished business and a lot of things I need to conquer before I get to that to that position. Uh, if, if Craig ever said, hey. Lomachenko wants to fight, we just start weight training. We just start eating more. We start getting a, a professional team to help me carry that weight. But as far as power goes, I've been in the room with Lomachenko. My power my power is much more greater. My speed was much more greater. And I felt my footwork was a lot more fancy. You know? And when it came down to it, the, the thing where he had over me was the cardio. But like I said, when I got offered the position to go spar him, I was I was injured. I was out of the boxing. I just did it because... I'm, I like to smoke. I, I like I like touching toes with the dog dogs. You know, I, I'm a real I'm a real dog in the sport, and I'm gonna show people that. You know, they puppies, puppies. <laughs> now I only asked that because I had seen the other interviews, and oh sorry, I had to keep turning on my phone. But I saw the other interviews, and you had mentioned 122, 126, 130. I didn't hear you say 135 until right now. So I, I you know, I had to ask that question because those are the names that are at 135. But before we talk about everyone else, we we kind of. Sh- you know, we're focusing on everybody else, but your fight this past weekend, we just, I mean, this past weekend, sorry, Wednesday, we saw your fight. Now that was the first time that you went, it was scheduled for 10 rounds. 
It was televised and it was against, like you said, another undefeated fighter. How did yes. you prepare mentally and physically for this fight? Well, you know, mentally, um, you know, the discipline was real. You know, it was it was real. Like, you know, I've never fought an undefeated fighter since, like, the amateurs and stuff like that. No top-notch fighter. Um, I think I, 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 I think for me it was more like, finally, finally, like, and then I, I'm telling you, it wasn't real until I got the contract and I signed it. And it wasn't real until he signed the contract. But there was a there was a little bit of bumps in the road where I seen that, you know, that they put another opponent on his on his on his resume for this fight. It was another victory to see us. And I'm like, wait, does he think he's fighting him? And I, and I, I called my manager. I was like, you need to make sure that he knows he's fighting me because if he if he finds out he's gonna fight me later, he might pull out. Everybody pulls out of my fight. Top rank had so much trouble finding me fights at 122, 126, period. So they would convince me to go up to 130, which I wasn't ready yet because I wanted to clean out. So it didn't feel real and, and, and until like about three weeks into training camp. But I was already killing it, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I got a great support system. My wife is like my nutritionist. She made sure that my food was on point. She made sure everything was on point. And all I had to do was just basically show up to the gym, which I'm always there, and do my work. You know, get up and run my 10, 15 miles, whatever I was doing. You know, swim, weight train, whatever I was doing. So, it, when it, when the, when the fight presented when the fight presented itself, when uh, when things got real, it was like butterflies in my stomach more than nerve nerves or anything. It was more like, yes, this is actually happening. Like right before you get on the new, you know, when X came out on uh, on at Six Flags, you know, it was like it was like that. It was more it was more fun, more like I'm gonna have fun with this, you know. And you know, uh, fighting against Ranfis, you know, I I told him thank you, man. Like thank you for the opportunity. Because a lot of guys are suckers, you know, they're just scared, you know. And he was just looking at me like, how did he knew he was going to fight me and this was going to turn like that? He probably would have never signed that contract. <laughs> so, I mean, I told him and Javier Pontura, I was just like, you know, thank you guys, man. You know, I really appreciate the opportunity because without you guys, I would just be sitting at home work, at working right now, working for a next step-up store or something like that. But going against fighters like that oh. is, is, what I, is what I live mm -hmm. for. You know, that's what, I, that's what I need. I need those kind of fights in order to be great. You know, as you guys seen, I, I got hit, maybe it said 26 times. But I don't feel like I got, got hit 10 times, you know. Uh, we exchanged a little bit in the third round, I can say. And, uh, you know, that was probably just it. And then the, the rest were just headbutts, you know. And uh, and and it's always been like that. Let me tell you, it's always been like that my whole career. My dad would, my dad would, I, I would always get, like, the best scored, like, at least, least points scored on me. For example, at the National Fouls, I fought six times in a row, and I only got eight punches scored on me in six fights, you know. So... You know, we don't, we we're not in this. We're not in this. Go one for one. I'm in there to go a hundred, a hundred one. You know, I'm trying to trying to stay. I'm trying to stay smart. I'm trying to stay fresh minded. I'm trying to stay healthy because when all boxing said and done, I want to be able to play with my grandkids. I want to be able to talk to my kids. I don't want to be like yeah. biting my tongue. I don't want to be slow. I want to be able to have my investments, my career, my empire built and steady, so I can be a businessman after boxing. But you know, from 20, 28 to thirty five to thirty seven. Then I'm gonna have. There's gonna be a time where my bones and my body's gonna say, "Hey, Vic, you gotta pull out," and I don't want to have to fight for money. So establishing myself is gonna be well, and fighting fighters like this is gonna get me to that kind of yeah. fight. So, you know, um, I feel like, you know, if, if boxing doesn't present any more of these fights or better, then it's kind of pointless to box. That's definitely a good mindset to have. That you're already thinking ahead. Um, of course. I wanted to ask you though, in that in that first round, I had tweeted. 
we were watching it and I was live tweeting about it. And I was like, man, Pasillas is really going in there and trying to, you know, establish himself. You're trying to set the pace. Was that the game plan to go in there and right away set the pace when you heard that first bell? Of course, you know, um, you know, like I said, I'm a lion. I, I you know, uh, as soon as that bell rang, the first thing, first things first, going, went into the ring, I was pumped up. I was like, I'm going to knock this guy out first, second round. And my coach was like, no, no, no. We got put on a pedestal right now. We're in front of the world. You're going to showcase your talent. You're going to use your jab. You're going to faint. You're going to show the world that we can fight inside, mid-range, and outside, walking forward. We're going to not get hit. And it just reset me like, well, you know what? You're right. Why, you know, why just run, run in there and knock somebody out? I just become a knockout artist. But I'm going to, you know, I know I'm going to get the knockout, but why not expose him? Why not break him down? Why not make a miss, counter punch him, not outspeed him, you know? And that's what I did. You know, I went out there and I made sure that I set the pace. I, 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 I let it, I, I let him go when I wanted him to go. I made, let him come forward when I, when, when, uh, when I, when he, when, uh, I let him come forward when I allowed it. So basically the control had to be for the, for the game. And, you know, and I noticed he was a fast starter. All his fights are first round knockouts or second round knockouts. And I wanted to just mess with his head, brand mind and let him know, hey, you're in there with a real dog. You know, you're in there with a, with a top, top notch fighter. Yeah. So I seen it in his eyes. In the way, though, in the way, in his eyes, he couldn't make eye contact. I seen his nerves. And, you know, I've been, like I said, I've been in this, this world for so long. So if you, you know, like Mike Tyson said, as soon as you look away, I got you. I got you. And I knew I had him. But then, it, you know, it's one punch away from the truth. So once I felt once I felt that jab go in his face and I seen his nerves, once I seen that left hand touch his body and I seen his knees buckle, I'm like, okay, stay patient, Victor. Box him. Uh, we're going to knock him out, but let's, let's, let's break him down. Let's do it the right way. You know, like Chavez, yeah. like Hagler, like her, like a great. You know, because I knew I had, uh, I, was on, I, I was on TV. I knew everybody's watching. I knew all the champions were watching because everybody wanted, you know, as much as a lot of people wanted me to win, there's a lot of people that wanted me to get, like, okay, he's a has-been. He's not been in the ring for a whole year and a half. He's a has-been. So that's why it was very important for me to break it down 10 weeks, train very hard, and be like a be like a, like a scientist in there rather than just a, a hard work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the first round was very, very vital. The first three rounds were very, very important. And after that, it was history. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's awesome to hear your, it's awesome to hear your mindset and what you were thinking, because usually, you know, people use, fighters use the first two rounds, couple rounds to feel each other out. But to hear you and, you know, talk about the homework that you did, you already knew what kind of fighter he was and you knew what you had to do. But to also take into the fact that you can't just go in there and knock him out right away, even if you knew you could, because you're on this platform, you use that platform to your advantage. And so yes. that's, it's awesome yeah. to hear. But in that fifth round, that's when we saw you, you know, take complete charge. You already had charge of the fight. It seemed like you set the pace. You were you were more aggressive. But Encarnacion kept trying to adjust. He tried to adjust. And it seemed like he was going to until that fifth round. We saw at the end, it looked like you hurt Encarnacion. What did your trainer, you know, tell you in your corner? What what was shared in your corner between you and your trainer? Like, do I go in there and finish this right away? Do I continue to set the pace more? But what's I, I, you kind of you kind of broke up on that last part? Oh oh no! Uh, just in that fifth round, what was shared Hello? in between rounds after? Oh, it's freezing uh, yeah, up a kinda, little bit. My bad. You started glitching a little bit. Um, that you know. I feel like 
I, I feel like being put on that platform, you know, like you said, you know, it was, it, it, it's just one of those things where, you know, you got to have patience. Yeah. Every time I came back, every time I came back to the corner, I kept asking my coach, can I go now? Can I go now? He's like, nope, nope. So nope. after that after fifth round. round, he said, let's let it go now. Let, let, let's turn it up now. Let's, let's do our thing. No, but after, you know, if it was my choice, I would have said by the third round, he would have been out. But it would have been like more of a brawl. Would have rather been like more having to bang with him and prove my point that I was stronger than him. And my coach didn't want that. My coach was like, "We got to come out clean. Got to come yeah. out clean." Oh, froze up a little bit there. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So I know we're losing service here, so I'll just kind of try to wrap this up. But I just wanted to hear what were your thoughts when you saw Ramfis touch the canvas. The referee did not stop it. He was gonna, she was gonna let you can let you guys continue, and then the towel was thrown in. Well, the the, the thing was, my thought right away, and it's kind of crazy. I don't want you to think that I'm as crazy yeah, as fucking Mike Tyson guy. But I was like, yeah, let his ass go, let his ass go. I'm not done with it. I'm not done with it. And then my coach was like, oh, Victor, if they let him up, fuck that. Go up, touch the body. He's like, touch the body. His head's going to fall off. Touch the body, come over with the hook. And his coach has seen that. And his coach was like, hell no. Threw the, the towel in, which is smart. And I respect his coaches for that because in this sport, people lose their lives all the time. People get hurt all the time. And, you know, you, you got to respect the coach for that. And that lets you know that the coach has the heart and the coach cared about the kid. Because yeah. otherwise, most coaches are so stubborn. They're like, nope, he can come back. There was no coming back for that. One eye was going this way. The other eye was going that way. He was out. You know, and the referee should have, she should have stopped him. No, because he was he wasn't getting up the way he was breathing, his chest was locking up on him because he was done already. So I mean, you know, I know the referee personally and I'm not gonna say nothing, but you know, sometimes referees just gotta say, you know what, there's no there's nothing left in this kid. This kid can't even stand yeah. up straight. Yeah, you know, but so I know I know too she she's, she's taking into consideration two undefeated records. You know, so I, I could see that from her perspective, but I definitely agree he was he was hurt. He was pretty. He was hurt from the fifth, and then going into the sixth, you saw more of it. So I could see that, but yeah. I'm glad that they they threw in the corner. It was awesome to hear the insights because from the TV perspective, we couldn't hear the you know his his corner or your corner telling you to finish it. So, yes. yeah. So I I'm sorry. I know we're freezing yeah, up a little know, bit. It, yeah, we're freezing, but I heard, I heard, I heard that part. No, his corner after the third round. Or after the fourth round, his corner was already like they their, their game plan switched up because you can hear everything, and um, their game plan switched up. It went from you got this guy, you know, you're you're taller, you're you're longer, you're stronger to like, oh no, this guy's strong. Keep your hands up. The same, he's fast. You gotta break his body down. The same, you gotta show some balls. You gotta show some balls. So it, I started. They started going from a coaching to trying to motivate him to try to push him. And when you see when you hear that kind of coaching. I know that the, the kid was mentally, physically, and emotionally broken already. So, you know, it's only a matter of time before it finally exposed that and starts really hitting the head hard and starts really turning my hooks over. But the first three, uh, three rounds, four rounds, my punches were just kind of just to shock him a little bit. But if it would have went one more round or if it would have went on further, I was really going to start stating on my punches and, you know, really, really get him out of there. Well, based on what we saw in that sixth round, if they would have let it continue, I think we would have seen him on the canvas. Yeah, it would have been it would have been bad. But been bad since we're freezing up so much, I appreciate your time. I'll let you continue celebrating your win, 
and thank you. can't wait to see you step back into the ring. Congratulations. 